Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Bob Knight has passed away. Students walked out of Hillary Clinton's lecture, and the border is still a major crisis. I'm producer Jonathan, and this is your TK20. It is with heavy hearts that we share that Coach Bob Knight passed away at his home in Bloomington, surrounded by his family. We are grateful for all the thoughts and prayers and appreciate the continued respect for our privacy as Coach requested a private family gathering, which is being honored. We will continue to celebrate his life and remember him today and forever as a beloved husband, father, coach, and friend. And with that, the family of Bob Knight announcing his death at the age of 83. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. I state to you now with all clarity that I will never begin to understand Bob Knight's impact on Indiana and you the way you did. To have grown up in Indiana, to have grown up around the people who experienced it firsthand, to have grown up around the idea of an identity for a state that maybe questioned its own identity at the time. There is nobody from the outside who left more of a mark of this is Indiana than Bob Knight. We're not talking about whether you liked the personality. We're not talking about what happened post facto. We're talking about just the idea of what happened in Bloomington. It's hard to deny. But it is easy to recognize that I had on 10 years living in Indiana as we enter 2024, I'll never be able to connect with it. For good, for bad, just reality. To have lived it, to have experienced it, is far different than to have read it. That's what I've learned in my time here. Three NCAA championships, and more importantly, for a lot of people, a rallying cry, it would seem. The stories are more legendary than maybe the actual stories. Because with all legends, they build upon themselves. It's like every story regarding Bob Knight is a giant game of telephone, and the next person makes it more and more grandiose, more and more outrageous, more and more exciting, more and more thrilling, more and more insane. You knew the day would come. We all did. Hoosiers certainly did. And I knew when it came, no matter how much study and how much reading and how much listening, nah. Never, ever lie. That is uh, a hallmark of mine. Never, ever fake it. You can't. Bob Knight meant to Indiana during those years is not something I can properly articulate. So all I will do is do what I can 
Remember a guy who gave impact, gave great stories, and for a lot of people, gave something to think about outside of anything else going on in their lives. What happened after the IU days? Well, that's conjecture and barstool talk. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But it won't be our talk today. Bob Knight, gone at the age of 83. And Godspeed. I'm Tony Katz. The war in Israel, the attack from Hamas, a terrorist organization, has actually not been my front and center subject over the past week. If you've been listening and paying attention, Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. It has been the U.S. response, the world response, the bigoted response. It has been to try to the best of my ability, take these uh, coming in hot stories and explain what it actually means to us as a society. Because as a society, none of this is good. But I still remain stunned, absolutely stunned, by the people who who are stunned. I cannot believe that there are those out there who did not know that this this hatred was everywhere it is it is it admittedly lost on me that someone could not know but what i'm trying to do to the to the very best of my ability is say all right they didn't know what do you do now what is the plan now, how, how does one uh, uh, deal with this, work with this, handle this? Because it seems, it seems impossible, but yet it's true. And I, I've said this regarding um, uh, Maya Bialik from uh, the show The Big Bang Theory. She didn't, she didn't know She did not know the problem was so bad regarding the bigotry on college campuses. Don't think of it just as, you know, anti-Semitism on college campuses. Of course, we know this. But if, if if we're clear, the bigotry is from a progressive left that has an ever-changing vocabulary on what is wrong and is outraged by everything at all times, no one is safe. What colleges have built, what what they have gladly uh, uh, incubated are hateful, pathetic children. Now, also remember uh, two things. A, they're not children, they're adults. Everybody that you're seeing out there screaming uh, 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 about Israel and, and praising Hamas, which is what they're doing, and calling for genocide, these are adults, and they should be treated as such. They're not children. They're adults. 
These are people who have the right to vote. Therefore, they have the right to be excoriated. They have to live with the consequences of their actions, including not getting hired. Wait till you hear the law school warnings that are now going forth. I will, I will share that with you coming up. But this is a much greater conversation than just about Israel, even though Israel's existence is on the line, which is why they are taking out Hamas now, which they should have done five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, etc. cetera, uh, that, that they're not listening to the United States and others. They're going to go it alone if they have to, which clearly they're alone. Hamas needs to be destroyed. We have to ask ourselves how we're going to handle what it is that we have created on these college campuses. So first, these are adults, not children, responsible for their actions and should be held responsible. Second, it's not all college students. It's not. It's not all professors. Now, the professors need to find their their backbone. They need to find their voice And be very clear. Don't worry about the students. Don't worry about the administration. There is a moment where clarity is necessary. And this is the moment. Because your impact on a student might be tremendous. You will have no impact on someone's chanting from the river to the sea. That is a genocidal freak who should be thrown out of the college. You could say those things. I'm not telling you you can't. If you want to engage in in, in a protest or in a rally or in a march or or whatever, and and you have your right to assemble, you're an American citizen, you're not going to hear me say no. But no, I'm not going to hire you. There's no chance I'm hiring you. There's no chance that I'm even trying to communicate with you. I'm trying to communicate to the person watching. How many times have we discussed this? When you're in a conversation, let's say it's heated or they're heated, right? And it's a political thing. You can't uh, very often, if ever, change the mind of the person you're in the, the debate with. That person is emotionally invested. They can't give up their position. Their position is their existence. But the person watching, they're not as emotionally invested. They'll actually listen a little bit more. You can grab them. So it is imperative that professors who recognize the bigotry on their campuses and the administrators speak clearly because there are other students and other administrators and other professors watching and they might need a little help in the buoyancy. They might need that little bit of backup in order for themselves to speak. Whether we think that's right or wrong is indifferent to the fact that it might help. So you should. You should speak up. Which brings us to the story about Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton teaches a class at Columbia University, which was reason enough not to send your kid to Columbia University. I don't know what she's possibly teaching a class in. How to get everything handed to you by a man? I don't know. I don't know what the class was, neither here nor there. She's teaching. Next thing you know, she's doing a, a, a lecture on women's involvement in peace processes. 
That's an actual course at Columbia. That's it. Oh. Halfway through, the students walk out. They walked out. Clinton left on the spot. She won't even talk about it. Why did they walk out? They were protesting against Columbia's lack of action to prevent the doxing of students. Because those people who support Hamas, their faces appeared on trucks that drove near the campus. I'm not a big doxing fan. I I find it to be a a dangerous, dangerous um, activity, and I've always said so, and I don't think I should change for this. But allow me to say, A, you're adults, and B, just for the sake of clarity, um, you are supporting a terrorist organization. Walking out on Hillary Clinton, who has said you can't engage a pause with Hamas, who has shown in her statements a support for, ter- for, for, for Israel and against uh, the terrorists Hamas, she is now persona non grata because she... Somebody who had her own server to evade government oversight isn't progressive enough for these progressives. These progressives believe that they should not be held responsible for anything. They believe they are righteous and worthy and decent. And how dare you notice that they support terrorism and the extinction of Jews? First, anybody who sends their kid to Columbia, man, I don't get, I, at this stage, what are, you, what are you even thinking? And we'll get into this about, do you send your kids to the school or not? I, I've got a theory. But I don't like doxing, but I don't have a problem with consequences of the legal variety. If you're willing to call for the extinction of a people, we should be able to say you and point directly at you and tell you you're wrong. The migrant caravan is now at 7,000 people and climbing. But the border's just fine. Everything's just fine. And if you have an issue with what's going on at the border, well, then you're just a xenophobic racist. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. The initial reports were 3,500 people, people from Cuba, El Salvador, Guatemala, Haiti, Honduras, and Venezuela, left southern Mexico. These things are organized. Organized. And they're heading for the U.S. Uh, And soon you will hear the demands. You have to let us in, and you have to provide us this, and you have to give us that. It's a weird, weird take. You have to. No, we don't, and we shouldn't. I will keep discussing the issues with the border because the border is the top story. The border's the story. I don't know, I don't know how we come close to anything else. The border is everything. Because we have people crossing who are now from Iran. We have people crossing with explosive devices. 
We do not have it under control. And just like you, that is for a lot of people who believe that that is by design. The idea, whether you go back to Clarence Piven or or you just talk about uh, ideas in Marxism about breaking the West and this is how it's done. Only the United States is told they have to take in everybody. Every other nation will proudly tell you how they don't take in a soul. Well, no, not those European nations. They are going to real, they're not going to. They're already starting to question their immigration issues. You take a look at the rallies and the riots going on with people who want Israel destroyed. And a lot of these nations are saying to themselves, oh, we may have made a mistake here. See, it's one thing to be a nation that engages immigration like we should, by the way, legally. And as people becoming Americans and engaging in the melting pot, it's something else entirely to be uh, letting people into a country who have no interest in being a part of the country and only want to destroy it, who think that their way is a better way. It isn't. It's not. If you came to the U.S., it's clearly a better place than where you came from. And yes, there are those people who come to do damage. So they have no interest in being Americans at all. And it is up to us to take a look at these things, ask ourselves the desires, and yes, say no many times. There's a reason to say no. It isn't bigoted, it isn't xenophobic, it is smart. Smart. And should be done. As a matter of fact, we should say no more often. And then we can work on policies that'll make things better for those who actually want to be Americans. They just actually have to be Americans, which means don't hate where you are and recognize that it's better than where you came from. I didn't say forget where you came from. I haven't forgotten where I come from. But America's better. It's okay. It's a good thing. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. Matter of fact, we should say no more often. And then we can work on policies that'll make things better for those who actually want to be Americans. They just actually have to be Americans, which means don't hate where you are and recognize that it's better than where you came from. I didn't say forget where you came from. I haven't forgotten where I come from. But America's better. It's okay. It's a good thing. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. I hope you enjoyed this week's TK20. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. I'm producer Jonathan, and we'll be back again next week with another episode.